Welcome. This is the Connected Calm Life. My name is Lane Kennedy, and I'll be your host today, solo, hanging out for just a couple minutes with you. Uh, last week, did you miss me? I know I missed a week. I missed a week. If you're new, then you don't know. And you're here for the very first time. And I just want to welcome you and thank you for hanging out with me. I love uh, sharing these episodes and being a part of the Connected Calm community. If you haven't joined the Connected Calm Life community, I want to invite you to do that. It's free. Uh, You jump in there and you get access to a bunch of courses and meditation practices and tools to live your best recovery life which is awesome. Uh, So find out all that information at The Connected Calm Life. You know, last week when I wasn't here, I didn't show up, uh, I was intentional about that. And I wanted to see what would happen. And exactly what happened happened is that my numbers dropped and I got sad. I was like, oh, people aren't listening to me. What happened? Well, what happened is that I was intentional about stopping because I was in a state of overwhelm. And I want to talk about overwhelm today. A lot of times people, you know, in the online space, there is this drive to create content and to go and to do and to be everywhere. And when I started this podcast, I had kind of made a little deal with myself. I was like, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to be chasing. I'm not going to be going like that. It's too much. I was really, really like direct with myself. Well, here I am a year later and I hit that point of I'm, I'm burnt out because when you create a, when you create content and a podcast in order for people to find it and build an audience and to have listeners, you have to be literally everywhere. You know, it's like you have to be on Instagram, you have to be on Facebook, you have to be on Pinterest, you have to be making audiograms, you have to be creating little short blurbs. And the truth of the matter is, I'm a meditation and mindfulness teacher, (laughs) and I'm taking coursework around hypnosis and, uh, you know, like other things are in my life, right? I'm a mother. So... (laughs) Doing all of that social stuff is brutal. It's painful. And when I don't create content, then I'm not to be found, which is so interesting to me. (sighs) It's a conundrum. Yeah, it's a conundrum. So what do you do when you're in overwhelm? This is what I did. I took the week off. And I wrote a letter to the G.O.D. And when I talk about the G.O.D., it really is this connection that I've uh, that I've established over the past 25 years in my recovery. It is this force. It is this soft whisper. It is this gentle breeze that touches my cheek. It is this um, sound of my heart that I connect with, I listen to. And a lot of times uh, it's hard to listen to that. Not a lot of times, most times. We live in a really uh, challenging time these days where it is hard to find time, right? I'm a calm coach. I'm a wellness advisor. And this is what I do every day 
right? I advise and help people in living a more connected, calm life. And I even have a hard time doing that sometimes. We all have a hard time because we live in a society that is bombarding us with read this, do that, feel this, right? We have this wellness world that is pushing things down our throat, like do this challenge, you know, like enough of the challenges, enough of go, go, go. So when I was in Los Angeles last week, I was intentional and I said, I am not going to post content next week, this week. This was last week. Yes. And I didn't. And I have to say it was, there was a, like a, oh, this is great. No stress. This is great. Thank you. But then came this week where all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, oh, you're behind. What's going on? Your listeners, they're going to leave, right? Because there is this constant, like you have to keep up with. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So if you have been listening to the show and, and if you're new, welcome to my world. Uh, I just want to, again, reiterate the importance of joining a community. And that is why the Connected Calm Life is free, is that it's easy entry for anyone to come in because it's the community that is really important in supporting recovery. So this week and this week's episode is an extension of Tamar and I, I've had Tamar on the, con- on the podcast before, but Tamar and I talking about what it means to find your people. And I have had to find my people over and over again in recovery. I've moved quite a bit in recovery, including, you know, moving over into Southeast Asia into Los Angeles and Colorado. And I thought New York was a good idea at one time. Uh, it's moving about different groups of people, uh, different career paths, right? So there's been a lot of movement in my recovery, but what's been consistent, can you hear my Irish wolfhound? They just got back from a, a walk and they're both like, <laughs> sorry, I can't do anything about that. I can't edit that out. What's been consistent for me is having a place to connect with others, having a place that I feel really comfortable. Uh, And I've been fortunate enough to be able to create these kind of communities over and over again in my recovery. When I lived in Colorado, uh, I created this gathering of women on Wednesday nights and we would go have uh, dinner at Denny's and talk about recovery. Uh, We would go on hikes together. It was really fun. We would go do hot yoga together. Uh, And when I lived in Southeast Asia, I created a community of women where we would uh, go to the movies together. It was really fascinating and eat popcorn once a week. So this idea of creating community and finding others that you can just be yourself with because the conversation is common and understandable and relatable. That's what we're doing at the Connected Calm Life. So I'm going to leave it right there for right now because this conversation that I have with Tamar is 
Welcome to season three of the Connected Calm Life. This is where I'm going. I'm dropping down to four episodes a month and the episodes are going to transition a bit over the next five to six weeks. And as I transition, I would love for you to give me feedback in the community. And if you have ideas of like, I really want you to talk about X or I really want you to talk about this, let me know in the community. Like I just did a uh, episode over at the Sober Curator about sober sex. Did you know that I have a monthly column over there called the, the, you know, like where I talk about how to do things in sobriety. So let me know in the community, you know, what you want me to talk about, what you want me to share when it comes to living in long-term recovery and how to support you in that manner. So I'm dropping down to four episodes a month. I will always, I mean, well, you know, if it be the GOD's plan for me to have time takes time once a month. And then the other three episodes, sky's the limit right now. We'll see what shakes down. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm really excited actually. So the next four, five, six episodes are going to phase me into this season, which is season three. Then I will fade out for a week and then go into season four. But everything is about you getting involved with the connected calm life. The connected calm life. Did I say that right? The connected calm life. And in August, we're having a retreat for the connected calm retreat. So just be here with me. Let me know what you want me to share about. And I'm just so grateful that you're hanging out with me today. Now, let's get into the conversation with Tamar and coming home. It's working. We're recording. It's totally cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm hanging out with Lane today. Hi, Lane. Hi, Tamar. And we were talking about finding your home in recovery. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I remember before I took that first sip of liquid gold, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt <sighs> like it was just, I was this awkward teenager and mm-hmm. alcohol made me feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh God, yes. And did you feel out of place? Like you didn't have kind of a home when you were younger? Oh, I didn't have a home. Well, my home was very dysfunctional. Let's just put it that way. And I couldn't really, like nobody was in charge (laughs) because my parents were never there. And yeah, it was awkward, very awkward time growing up. Uh, And so when I took that first drink, I, I felt like an adult, like, oh, this is, this is why they drink. Oh, this is how you do it. And it changed everything. (laughs) Yeah, it changed everything. Well, and it's interesting because I don't know about you, but I could fit in anywhere, right? I became that chameleon almost where any crowd I could fit in with and adjust Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it didn't feel good. I mean, there was definitely times where I was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Who are these people, right? Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. I think I was always searching for that home and thought that alcohol might make that feel better. But, you know, when I first 
got sober, I remember, and it took me, it took me a little bit of time, but mm-hmm. when I really started listening, I, I, for the first time ever, I felt like these are my people. Yeah. So I hung out with like in high school when I was drinking early in my early drinking years, I remember thinking, Oh, I'm not like that crew of people. And when I say that they were the ones in the smoking section and they were the ones that, uh, you know, were very goth or, (laughs) or they, they were just not the, the cheerleaders and the football players or the swim team people where I aspired to be and hang out with, but the football players, the cheerleaders, they drank and used, they got down and dirty. You know, they were doing damage. And when I realized that they were doing the damage that I liked, <laughs> I, I was like, Oh my God, they drink like me. They look like me. This is so normal. I feel like I'm at home. So I hung out in that realm of people. And over the years, I would kind of float in and out of different groups. And I would always find the group who drank and used, right? And and sometimes it was, they were drinking and using more than me. And I thought this, this is like freedom. They, they've gone to the next level of, of this experience. I'm going there, right? So when I think about like my drug use, like I wasn't, that wasn't on, like that was a no for me until it became a yes, because they were cool you know, but yeah, drinking always led me to these groups of people where I felt normal. And then, and then I found recovery, Mm -hmm. which was a different type of home, a different, different group of people who were speaking from the heart. And the heart was not something that I ever had heard before. But when I felt it, I knew I was home for real. Like it was nothing like the other groups that I had been in. (laughs) There was not a cool factor there. (laughs) It was a heart factor. Which are two very different things. And I like I think about back to some of the groups, like you said, like I could float from group to group to group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was so, you know, I'm sure some of them are very nice people, but it, it felt so superficial, almost like the conversations, you know, you start off with this, like, you know, kind of small chit chat. And then it goes deep, right? The more you drink, the more you drink, and you're making these lifelong plans together as BFFs. And How old are you when you're making those lifelong pl- plans? Do you remember? Oh, I was like up until 36 when I finally okay. quit drinking, right? Okay. I, I even yeah. booked a trip to Mexico with, you know, the last thousand dollars on my credit card. We no. all thought that'll be a good idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't go on that trip, did you? Or did you? We did go on that trip, actually. Trip. Okay. And the funny thing is the one of the women that I, I booked that trip with, she is also in recovery now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we've reconnected, but in a different way, which is very cool. But yeah, I I remember too, it was like, these people actually want to help me. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're making me call them or not making me, but they're suggesting that I call them. Mm-hmm. They're suggesting that we get together for coffee mm-hmm. and that we hang out mm-hmm. and do some work on me. Mm-hmm. Like it was all about me, which I was like, wow, because I, I was pretty self-centered, obviously, in the beginning. And it just, it was, I think, the first time, honestly, that I really felt like I fit in. Like mm-hmm. when I shared what was going on in my head mm-hmm. <laughs> that people didn't look at me, you know, the same way that when you and I have a conversation and I say something to you, you're not shocked at it. I you know. laugh. Right. And, yeah. and we can relate with that. And I think that's, that is finding your home in early recovery. Yes. I remember one of the, uh, rooms that I found myself in, there was this wonderful human and, you know, totally different than me. He looked different than me, different sex, uh, identified as a male, uh, different r- religious background, uh, d- just, just so different than me, uh, <laughs> completely. And he talked about a situation in his life that was so intimate and so personal and I had had that same intimate, personal moment happen in my life. And I thought, what is going on here where a grown man is talking about this? <laughs> and I am able to identify with it. But there was such, again, people talked from the heart and they listened from the heart and it was okay and safe. I felt safe like I had never felt safe before. And I grew up in a house where it was unsafe. It was unsafe to talk about my feelings. It was unsafe to show up late. It was unsafe to divulge secrets. It was unsafe. So when he exposed the truth, I, it was like magic. It touched me in a way that I will, I will never forget that moment and I will never forget him. And from that moment, I mean, he has opened his house to me. He has opened his house to others. And it's again, another home, right? Because one person leads to one home and then you go to another home and you're, you're, it's just, you're floating around feeling safe. Did you guys, did you have that? Oh, Completely. I mean, I Mm -hmm. remember, you know, I was from my first marriage, I'm, you know, going to make it round two in the next couple of years. But (laughs) (laughs) after that first marriage dissolved, I ended up moving in with a friend of mine. And Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this person's actually offering me a place to stay because I I literally had nothing when I left. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was a friend in recovery. And I just thought, you know, this person is opening up her home to me with her family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was something I really never experienced before, right? Because every everything was always at kind of an arm's length. And like, yeah. oh, you probably shouldn't have tomorrow over. She's going to end up getting sick on your floor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? And just to have that kind of kindness, like, hey, you're going through something, you can come stay mm-hmm. with us as long as you need to, mm-hmm. felt really good. And just the people that I continued to meet, and I'm really grateful that I had somebody that told me to be mindful of who I spent my time with. Because in the beginning, 
I was on that pink cloud, right? I mean, I was newly single. So I was mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to, you know, yeah. do as much as I could and experience life. And none of the, uh, not, hardly any of those people are around anymore today. Oh, it's right? heartbreaking. Yeah. And there's only a few of us. There's, there's one that she got sober two, two weeks before I did, and we're still going strong, right? Together. Mm-hmm. But that's a rarity. And that's something else that I wanted to talk about is that I've, noticed and I heard this in early recovery right is if you look to your left you look to your right chances are that person one of those people are not going to be here anymore and you know your circle gets smaller and smaller the people you know get smaller and it's actually shocking sometimes when you run into them after the fact and you're like oh you're still alive and that's a sad reality that your circle your home almost gets a little bit smaller yeah it's true yeah there a lot of it's so interesting I found recovery in, in, in Los Angeles. And there was a crew of us and we would hang out and, you know, land at somebody's pool and be there all day. And then, you know, we would go to the movies together. It's like, we, we kind of migrated, like we would get in the car and we just all go to places. And it made me, again, I just keep going back to this idea of feeling safe and feeling loved and supported uh, and that I was never alone. You know, when I grew up, I was left alone all the time. You know, I didn't really have parental care around. So in sobriety, I found people who cared for me. I found people who made me feel safe. Not that they made me feel safe. They created an environment that felt like home, right? Like this idea of what a home should feel like. And learning how to have relationships, you know, oh, freaking brilliant. So brilliant. The first five years of my recovery, just (laughs) getting really messy and having my feelings hurt and just, oh God. Right. Did you, you you practice a lot, right? Yeah. Relationships. Learning how, learning how to ask for stuff, learning how to say, no, thank you. It was such a big deal, such a big deal. And not having everybody like scold, like scold me if I did something not right. That like, where do you find that in today's society? I, I don't, where else can you find it? I don't know. I do Nowhere. Nowhere. I, you know, I, I, I talk often about how, what a gift it is to be a sober woman, because at any time of the day, I can reach out to someone that I know if Mm -hmm. I'm struggling or going through something will be there for me. Mm -hmm. And because we get so busy in life, but the, the thing that we all have and the thing that I think we've all been given this gift, right. It's, it's been reciprocal is that that's the way we come in. It's like you help somebody else, you're of service. And it's just so ingrained in you that you almost don't even think twice about it. Like sometimes it's like, oh, this isn't a convenient time, but you know, you're going to feel better. So this, this brings up a really interesting point because now that we're in this COVID world and people are getting sober online and they don't have the, the blueprint on how to be of service. They don't have the tools or that group showing them how to 
serve. And I find for long-term recovery, that has been the thread that has allowed me to stay sober. Mm-hmm. It's not the one, th- it's not one, it's not the thing. It's a thread of the tapestry that I wrap around myself in order to stay sober long-term. So I get a little, like, I don't know what's going to happen as we continue to find recovery or, or reevaluate recovery. You know, COVID happened and everything's changed now, how people are getting and staying sober. Mm-hmm. And is that home that you and I both know, how is that going to change and evolve, right? Like where are people going, where are people going to go and land so they can understand and know that it's nice to have a home. It's nice to be, feel a part of, it's nice to uh, do secret service. You know, I talk about secret service all the time. I, I, it's, it's there. I'm interested. So fascinated by this right now, Tamar. <laughs> I can tell. No, I'm sorry. It's a tangent. No, it's okay. Tangent away. And it make it, it makes me think of, yeah, like you say, like the fact that we used to go for coffee. We used to go to the movies. We used to go to the beach. Like there was a lot of that fellowship, which felt really good. And I think that because you and I both have that. And that's a part of being a part of a, a, a group, a community, a family, a unit. Yes. Which is so important when we find recovery because the disease of alcoholism alcohol use disorder is about isolation. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Go. It's okay. Um, and, and we're used to that, right? That's yeah, the yeah. way that we've come in. That's the way we've been raised, right. Yeah, as, right. As, as sober women. And now, and I even noticed it at the start of COVID when everything went online, it was, you know, you didn't have to get dressed to show up. <laughs> Right. You know, now you can throw on a hoodie. You don't even have to worry about a bra if you don't want to. Yep. And you can just sit. And as soon as it's over, you click off, you know, <laughs> right. you're done. And, and I think it's different, though, for those of us who have had that experience, because, you know, mm-hmm. even you and I, when we met, that's there's that fellowship outside of that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we can have those discussions, mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. that, you know, that conversation uh- after Mm-hmm. which people don't get. I mean, if you're sitting on the computer for an hour and that's it, you log off, where is that communication? Where is that home being built and that foundation? It's not. That, that's, that's why I question this new direction of recovery because we as humans are communal driven, right? Mm-hmm. We're gathers. We like to be together. And so... I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We we need our homes. <laughs> we need to be in community with others to feel safe. I mean, it all goes back to feeling safe, safe, mm-hmm. right? That's the human needs to feel safe, to thrive. I think it's really important to have that to, mm-hmm. and to land in that environment. Have you found that now yes. that we're in this like, new hybrid kind of place in recovery. Yeah. And I think I'm very fortunate because I still have both. Mm -hmm. Um, I have the in-person aspect of it. You know, I have people over to my home regularly, you know, we get together with a bunch of sober women and we do a games night once a month. And so we, that's really important to the group of women that I surround myself with. They're big into that, right? We go mm-hmm, hiking mm-hmm. together. So we still it's do cool. a lot of that stuff, but yeah, a lot of people do both. 
And I almost feel feel for people who have like I I I people who have been able to stay so or get sober and stay sober during this time. Wow. Because I don't know if I would have had to just be accountable to logging on to a computer every night. I don't know if I would have made it like I had people come and pick me up at my home. I was called if I didn't answer the phone, they would come check on me like there was that real interaction there. Well, there's that real interaction and there's an accountability, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's almost like, hey, sis, are you coming? Like, you know, even though you're not my sister, it's like, hey, sis, you're coming to the meeting. Like, like, are are we going? It's like going to the grocery store. Like, are you coming along? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad that you have that. I think it's really important to have that. I don't have that here in San Francisco. It's been hard for me. Uh, and I've found that in an online meeting and, uh, I was very purposeful in how that was created and and creating that kind of fellowship before and after, but it's still, it's, it's not really enough. In my opinion, there is really great. um, I like having conversations. I guess what I want to say is like, I like having conversations offline, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's bring the relationship to the next level. Let's, because if we were in person, you know, we would go to the cafe, we would go to a movie, we would go and have dinner, you know, like you would come over to my house and we'd be hanging out and watching football together, Mm -hmm. right? Like safe together, like building that relationship. Like, I don't know if that's happening now. Is it? I'll have to do a survey. Yeah. Do a survey. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Whoever's listening. Yeah. We want to know yeah. <laughs> the mm-hmm. answer to that question. Yeah. And I think it's important too, though, that you need to evolve. And we've talked about this yeah. on um, previous episodes that we've done together, but having that community, like I, I, I love, you know, you created the Connected Calm Life and that's women in recovery, but there's practices in there, there's tools, there is fellowship you know, get togethers, we had an amazing chat about self love a, a, a couple of weeks ago. And you could just feel everybody opening up like it's it's a safe space that people can use to evolve in their sobriety. And I think that's important, too, because I think that it goes above and beyond always sharing your experience, right? Because I find that I, I try to focus a lot on the solution. And things that I'm going through today that I'm actually using what I've learned to continue to solidify my foundation. I always talk about like, it's like a house, right? If you build a new house, you build the foundation, you build the home. Well, if you don't maintain it or care for it or upgrade, eventually that's going to start to fall apart. And I think as humans, that's what we do. We almost start to kind of disintegrate. That might sound icky, but you know, we do. If we don't take care of ourselves and improve ourselves, we start to fall apart mentally and physically. And having that community or home outside of recovery, but with those in recovery, I think is important too. I think it's a cool, it's a concept, right? It's an experience. You know, if we were practicing 
Buddhism or mindfulness, we would go somewhere and we would practice together. We would sit and sang and sang ha and somebody would talk and we would sit and meditate together. And when COVID hit, we couldn't do that anymore. So having this online space, it's another, it's another type of home, right? It's another safe place where we can explore our own thinking, relationships, uh, ideas. It's again, I, I just, I always have to, I just keep going back to safe and there's an opportunity to meet other people, right? So that the monthly gathering that we have uh, around a topic where people don't want to talk about honesty. They don't want to talk about self-care. Who, like, no, but we've created a place where you can have an experience and open up about it and say, this is not something I even look at every day in my life. Okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I think it is really important to have places that are judgment-free where we can explore, where we can disrobe, so to speak, and say, here I am. Like, I'm just trying to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of that when we find the rooms in the very beginning, like I did with that man, and he was opening his heart and he spoke from the heart, mm-hmm. right? I have found that in only a few places. And that is my like my goal for the connected calm life is to have that community, that home base for women to explore. Oh, it's a work in progress tomorrow. <laughs> it's a work in progress. And that's why I wanted to have that conversation, right? Because I think that I think the the online space is cool only yeah. because it's allowed me to meet more people. Yes. And build my circle with, you know, women like yourself, mm-hmm. where we do create that safe space for each other. And it's, it's really cool considering we've never yet met in person you know. soon. Um, but that's a really cool, like just to be able to have those kind of conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you creating this space, inviting me into this space. And now mm-hmm. I'm pumped about this space. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because I think mm-hmm. that people try to do this journey alone. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, just like the conversation we were having before this conversation about body image and about uh, weight or weight gain or being comfortable in our skin, right? That's a hard conversation to have. And not a lot of people are willing to have it or be open and available to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And when you find people that you can have those conversations with, you want to be like, you want to it's almost like collecting them. You're like, okay, come, come be in my secret, secret community, secret cave, secret. Like, it's like, right. We're, we're self-identifying and raising our hands and saying, you know, I, I can do that with you. I can travel the road of Mm self-discovery and I'm going to be here to support you to do that. That's, it's an act of courage Mm -hmm. to come into a community and explore it and say, I want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I want to be a part of it because I want to discover more of my own life, my own being. We're in a very interesting time in our lives right now where this online world is opening up for people to explore their lives. 
like this with other people who have not met, right? I was thinking about like Karen and Pam and like all the people in the community. I've never met them in person, (laughs) but we are coming together and we're exploring life. Like how cool is that? Yeah. It freaks me out. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, the difference between, you know, the different types of get togethers that we Mm -hmm. go to Mm -hmm is that one of them, it's, you know, kind of one person at a time and there's not the reciprocated energy, right? Whereas the connected calm life, the discussions that we have, it's very interactive. It's like we're all sitting around a table together or, well, not a table because that's not as comfortable, but we're on some nice comfy couches. Couches. Right? We're sitting there just chatting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's open. It's an open space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next... What's next month? Uh, I don't even know. I don't know where my calendar is. Let me <laughs> my my paper calendar. Let me get grab it. Like we got right. honesty next month, don't we? Uh, honesty, integrity. Ooh, that's Courage. a good one. Courage. Courage. So find the courage <laughs> to come and join us. Yeah, I mean. Having a home, right? I, again, I just go back to my my experience. My home was not the safest place for me to discover where I wanted to go. And then I found recovery and I was able to uncover my life and I keep uncovering it. And the longer I'm sober, the longer between cocktails and I hope to die clean and sober, that... I need to keep evolving. So where do I do that? Right? Who who are the people that I get to play with? Who are the people that you're going to get to play with tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Where Those are people they? that want to keep evolving. Right? And that's why, you know, the podcast is transitioning in mm-hmm. only a few short days. Yes, I'm excited for you. I'm excited too. And... That's why, you know, when we were coming up with a name for the Academy, mm-hmm. when I was like, you're sober now, what? Like, so good. it's that now what piece, because it's yeah. not just enough to get sober. It's like, it's now not. what? It's not. And this is really, you know, it took me a long time to understand that. And I, I like if you're new in recovery, then just keep staying on the path, right? Just keep going. But there's something about even when you're new in recovery, it's like, oh, well, now what do I get to do? Right? What do I get to search out? What do I get to discover? Right? I was one of those people who, like, I had to travel to the other side of the world to figure things out. <laughs> Did you do any of that kind of stuff when you were early, early in your recovery? <gasps> No, because I was financially bankrupt. So it took me a little bit before I could afford to leave the country again. But I did a lot. I was excited, right? Yeah. Always Mm -hmm. a dream of mine. And I actually picked up um, in my career, I switched over to offering to travel, Mm -hmm. which was something that scared me. But again, because we're in this online world, I was able to connect with people who gave me that safe space. And so I I felt like I was at home no matter where I was. Mm. So good. So you're sober. Now what is really about discovering perhaps a part of your purpose, Mm -hmm. 
that fair to say? You know, that's one of my favorite topics is I believe that my recovery changed. It, mm-hmm. it changed it a couple ways. It changed when I finally realized that when I actually help people, that yeah. helped me more. That was, I think, that first real pivot um, when I found a higher power as well. But then realizing that my past was a gift that I could use to actually be of service to others mm-hmm. and it could help my life improve. Mm-hmm. Like, I love to wake up early. As you know, I wake up this morning, I woke up at 3.30. Crazy, (laughs) but crazy good. Right? Because I love what I'm doing. And had Mm -hmm. I not discovered my purpose and had I just thought, okay, well, I'm sober and that's it. That's all Mm -hmm. I need to do is not pick up a drink today. For me, that wasn't enough. Like I felt like I was capable of more. I just had no idea what that more was. And I never believed that I could achieve it. Yeah. There's something that you're talking about that's making me think about Retta and how she, very similar, sober long time, sober now what? And she dropped her career, like corporate career, and then became the astrologer, right? And she's our in-house astrologer in the Connected Calm Life, helping others find their purpose, but using astrology. But this is where it gets, she found her purpose later in her recovery. It took her a long time, but so there's that sober now what, right? She was sober and she was like, just going through the motions yeah, and feeling again, safe enough and comfortable enough in her own skin to discover like now what, what's next? Mm-hmm. Like what's next? And that's where your brilliance is. It's helping people like get in there to the now what? Yes, I love it. I love those conversations too, right? When people sit there and they're like, I have no idea Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. I meant to do. And Mm -hmm. we can sit down in a half an hour and they've got ideas of things that would actually light them up. And there's always like, well, I can't do that because I have to do this and that Mm -hmm. and take care of Mm -hmm. so-and-so. And And it's like, but what if for a second you did some of that and you just got a little bit, a little bit and a little bit. And then eventually you're actually showing up better for those around you. Sweet. (laughs) You know, I get all fired up about this stuff. But yeah, I just I really wanted to talk about, you know, building a home in recovery. And I Mm -hmm. believe that that starts in early recovery. And then it evolves to people, right? You meet people that make you feel at home. Uh, um, And then you need something that helps you evolve. And I think that's what I love most about this community is I focus more on kind of that, you know, I'm the cheerleader, I would say of the group. You know, I like to to cheer people on, get them going, help them discover their purpose. And, you know, Retta with the astrology, I think that's such a cool combination. And of course, you with the mindfulness and meditation, like that's so cool. I think that's such a, like, that's the perfect combo. It's the perfect trifecta, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Again, going back to that now what concept, like, so you're sober now what? So now go to the next level in your life, you know, and whatever that may be. I mean, maybe you just pack it up and go live in Colorado and on a back road. Like, great. That's your now what? Yeah. Maybe it's now what you're going to write a book. Maybe you're like me and you just meditate all day. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like that's your thing, you know, maybe like that DNA. But it's really 
so lovely to have a space that we can, I don't know, just uncover ourselves in. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, I'm so grateful you joined me today. So much fun. We're going to have to do these a little more regularly. Now, for people who are listening that Mm -hmm. want a shortened down version, we've also created a new podcast. Mm -hmm. The Connected Calm Moment. The Connected Calm Moment. Yeah, and that's uh, over on any you know, podcast player, you can grab that. And it's five days a week, Monday through Friday. Yep. Five days, three minutes. So it's a very short moment, but they're really good lane. I mean, I have to say (laughs) they're pretty good. Of course they're good. You're doing them. (laughs) We're doing them. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So funny. Thanks lane for being here. Uh, Tamar. It's all about, you know, community. You're a part of it. That's right. So good. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening. And I can't wait to see how this next season shakes out and share this with a friend, right? That's how it continues to evolve and grow. I'll see you at the Connected Calm Life community. Take care.